Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Heavenly Thoughts. If you're new to this channel, to this podcast, my name is Chelsea, and like I said, this is Heavenly Thoughts. This is a podcast where we talk about Jesus and hopefully encourage each other um, in our walk with Christ. I hope that you guys are having a lovely week. I hope you had a great day. I hope that wherever it is that you're tuning in from is is nice and warm because everybody loves a little sunshine. Um, so today, okay, one thing I noticed that I did in the last video, in my testimony video, was I smacked my lips a lot. And you know what? You guys didn't come here for that. You didn't come here for an ASMR video. So I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to try my very, very, very hardest. I didn't realize how much I smack when I talk. Like, it's really... Anyway, um, I literally, right. So this week I wanted to talk about struggle. If you clicked on this video, I think I titled it, it's okay to struggle. And I really do feel like that is the truth. I do feel like where I'm at in my walk right now with Christ, this has been something that has been so prevalent, something that he's really been teaching me. I feel like since I posted my testimony video, I've been feeling incredibly, incredibly overwhelmed with like the idea that I came and um, bore my soul to the internet. I'm a very, um, how do you say, mysterious individual. I really like that, like, oh, like no one knows what she sounds like. No one knows what, she, you know, no one knows anything about her. She posts once a year on Instagram. Like, how cute is that? I very much identified with that um, reputation. And I feel like with what God is doing in my life right now, he's like, yeah, you can drop that. You can drop that act because that has nothing to do with me. And and this walk is about vulnerability. This walk is about honesty. Um, and I think that that's one thing that's so beautiful about God and about Jesus is just the fact that like, if you're in this thing, you decide you want to follow him. You decide you want to live your life for Christ, which is what we were created to do anyway. If you find your way back to God, he says, okay, now it's time to get naked. It's time to get naked, right? Because we hide ourselves out of shame. And he told me, you know, with me telling everybody on the internet, you know, that I struggled with my sexuality, that I tr struggled with psychosis, struggled with like, you know, deconstruction and all these different things. He was like, I don't want you to ever, ever be ashamed of the gospel, regardless of what vehicle that is, you know, expressed in. Your testimony is a vehicle in which you can spread the gospel. I don't want you to ever be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed of the finished work of Christ on the cross. He literally told me that to my face, <laughs> to my face, as in like to my spirit, to my, you know, to my spirit. And I said, okay, well, if that's the case, then I'm going to just keep doing this thing. I have no idea what God's plan is in terms of like, what every day is supposed to look like. But I feel like if he's told me to be honest, he's told me to be transparent. And that is for the purpose of also edifying the body of Christ. And that's exactly what I'm going to do because who am I to say anything? He's the, you know, he's God. So yeah, I think that within the week since I posted the testimony, I was really struggling in my walk. I was struggling with being overwhelmed. I was just really, really feeling the, the reality of it. Um, I do want to say thank you to everybody who like reached out to me um, and and told me that the testimony really impacted them in a, in a powerful way. Thank you so much for going out of your way to tell me that. I really needed it. I really needed it. Um, and so I'm grateful for that. Thank you for doing that. 
God bless you. I pray for all of you. Literally, I have lists of names, you know. I have lists of names. Um, and I and I I pray for you guys. So let's get into this word. We're gonna be talking about the definition of struggle. We're gonna be really getting into like what it means to struggle to the glory of God. What does it mean to, you know, continue this walk regardless of how it feels, regardless of what we of what we see, what we hear regardless of the opinions of others, regardless of like any of that stuff. Right. So I really want to get into that with you guys. So let's pray. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you so much for this opportunity. We come before you in the name of Jesus and we just ask Holy Spirit that you be with us in this time, that whoever's watching this video, Holy Spirit, that you will just rest upon them, give them peace, give them comfort, give them joy, Father, give them everything that their heart desires, everything that they need in this time, Father. I pray that you will be with them, walk beside them, Father. Teach them your ways. Continue to draw them near to you. And I just pray, Father, that this will encourage them to continue regardless of the struggle. Um, in the face of struggle, Father, that it really does bring you glory. And I just I just thank you so much for the opportunity to speak. I thank you for the opportunity to... Um, to talk to your beautiful, beautiful children, and I thank you. I really feel like God wants you to know that um, he's with you right now, that you're downcast and you're having a really hard time and you're struggling, but I want you to know that God loves you. He's in the midst of that with you. You're not alone. He sees you. He hears you. Um, your cries do not go unheard, and the tide is turning. He wants you to know that the sun is around the corner, that where it's been gloomy and where it's been dark and where it's been just felt dry, that the sun is coming around and that it's going to shine on you and that this phase that you're in right now, this time that you're in right now, that it's it's not forever and he's with you. He's right beside you. So please be encouraged. And I thank you so much. Jesus, you are good. Amen. Okay, y'all. Okay. I I feel like I might have been screaming because this thing is showing me lots and lots and lots. Maybe the mic was really close. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So it's okay to struggle in your walk with God. I wanted to talk about this because me, <laughs> I'm a struggler. One thing about me, <laughs> I'm going to tussle with things. God knows that about me though. Like I really do believe that God, um, and it may just be where I'm at in my life right now. Maybe I haven't, you know, progressed past the point of, you know, um, easy walking, but, uh, things have been a tussle in more ways than one. And I just feel like God wanted to assure us, assure his children that reassure us actually that it's actually okay to struggle and I'm going to tell you why so he told me a couple differences between struggling and worrying he told me that it's okay to struggle but it's not okay to worry one is one brings fruit and the other brings death and I will get into that so the difference between struggling and worrying is this the one who struggles tries to lift the heavy thing and move it across the room the one who worries stares at the heavy thing, stressing about how to lift it and move it across the room. The struggler attempts, the worrier stands still. The struggler has a hard time, but is trying and figuring out a way. The struggler may try and fail. The worrier fails to try and avoids it altogether out of fear and pride. 
The one who is willing to struggle trusts that even if it takes a few tries or a few failed attempts, God will make it work according to his perfect will, for he is in control. The literal definition of struggle actually shocked me because I just I didn't see it coming. Right. Um, to struggle is to make strenuous efforts in the face of difficulties or opposition, to proceed with difficulty or with great effort, to continue even with hardship. To be anxious is to be stressed. Um, sorry, to worry is to be anxious, stressed, and to panic. And I think that this is important to know because I feel like especially today in our own world, in our own society and stuff like that, like the person who who struggles is looked down on like the person who does something and attempts to do something that clearly isn't isn't you know working is is seen as somebody who's not all that all that you know not the sharpest tool in the shed or however the saying goes but the person who worries is seen as someone who's very socially responsible like think about the person who is worried about the economic state of the world right now the person who's worried about international affairs, the person who's worried about all of these different things going on around the globe, they're seen as somebody who's very well informed, somebody who's, you know, thoughtful and they care about all the things going on in the world. That's why they're worried. That's why they're anxious. That's why they're panicked. And I think that the person who struggles in our society is seen as someone who doesn't choose peace. If you struggle, then what, like you're doing it to yourself. If you're bad at it, stop and try something else. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're very much like pick it up. If it doesn't work, drop it and move it on kind of culture. And in certain areas that works and in other areas, it really doesn't. I think that that has become kind of the core of this generation is like, if it's hard, put it down, protect your peace at all times. And if anything threatens that, then, you know, it's, it's not wise to keep on with it. And the Bible has a very different definition of that. The Bible has a very different view of struggling versus worrying. We can find that really laid out, like this idea that struggling versus worrying and how the Bible tells us over and over and over again throughout various different stories that the Bible, God, would rather us struggle than to worry. In every instance, you see them choose one. There's always two choices on the table to either struggle through whatever it is they're going through, whatever circumstance has popped up that has proven to be really difficult or to worry about it. And the Bible tells us over and over again through God's word that he wants us to choose the route of struggling through something as opposed to stopping and worrying about it. We can look at 1 Samuel chapter 18 and I have my notes here. Um, in this chapter, and I told you guys, if you listen to my testimony, you already know how I feel about 1 Samuel. That is my book down. That is my book down. I love 1 Samuel. It's incredible. It's an incredible book. I really do recommend. David in the Bible, if you're new to the Bible, if you've never like read the Bible or anything like that, David is a chosen person of God. He's a chosen man of God. Um, he has been chosen now by God to rule Israel as opposed to its current leader, Saul, King Saul. And I really love the distinction between David and King Saul that we see throughout 1 Samuel, because I always was reading it like, what's the difference between King, like, you know, King Saul and David? I feel like they both were really, really messy. You know, they both really did things they should not have. But the difference between David and Saul was that David was a man after God's heart, whereas Saul was a man after God's hand. And I learned this through reading um, for Samuel in that really dark time that I was in and that David consistently sought God's heart about things like David consistently wanted to please God whereas Saul consistently wanted 
God to do things for him, God to show himself strong so that it could, you know, reflect really well on him. And if you really look at the differences between David and Saul, the difference is that David struggled. David struggled while Saul worried. Saul worried consistently throughout his reign. And because of that worry, it caused him to do things that were outside of the will of God, caused him to consult um, counsel outside of God. It really caused him to walk in sin because he was so worried and anxious all the time. Whereas David really trusted in God, really allowed um, God's will to be done, regardless of how hard it got, regardless of the struggle. And not to say that David didn't mess up. He made a lot of mistakes, a.k.a his child out of wedlock, AKA killing his bestie so he could sleep with his bestie's wife. Yeah. David was messy, but what he did do was he was consistently trusting in God. He always trusted God's hand. He always trusted God's you know, heart for him and believed that God would come through. And I think that that's the difference between struggling and worrying is that struggle is pushing through regardless of whatever your, your circumstances are. Not to say that they're not difficult, but pushing past them to either seek the God, face of God and do what he's called you to do, regardless of how difficult it may be. And um, that's going to be messy sometimes. Like as we see, which we will see, um, is that it gets messy. It, does, it doesn't look pretty. That's what I was telling God. I was like, my relationship with you, like my walk with you is not aesthetically pleasing. Mm-mm. Nobody's going to look at my walk with you and think, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> Put me on the fast track to that. Nobody's going to say that. Because my walk with God has been messy, messy and full of doubt and a lot of fear and inconsistency. And you may also feel like that's kind of your walk with God where, God, I mess up all the time. Like I'm constantly making mistakes. I'm constantly going back to things that I know I shouldn't go back to. I'm constantly thinking one way when I know I should be thinking another. God said, it's okay. I want you to keep, keep seeking my face. Like, I'm not displeased with your struggle. And we see David, you know, he has to flee the, the kingdom of Israel, Israel, the castle, all of that in chapter in chapter 18, um, because Saul wants to kill him. Saul is seeking for his life. Saul said, I want to kill you, actually. Um, and I'm going to make you the enemy of my life the rest of my days. So Saul has attempted to kill David several times. David has to run away, flee. He literally becomes homeless. He's roaming the land. Um, he leaves with nothing but the clothes on his back. He's roaming, trying to figure out where to go. He doesn't have food. He doesn't have water. He doesn't have anything. Where God has David right now, he has more than enough reason to worry, to stop and decide to give up. Like He has more than enough reason to say, okay, you know what? I'm done. I don't really know if this is for me. But he believes that God's will for his life is that he must live and that although he doesn't know he's going to be king yet, although he doesn't know kind of what's ahead of him, he knows that there's a calling on his life and that he must continue. He gets to Gath. This is my favorite part of the chapter. He gets to Gath and at this region, this this separate region, he runs into people who have heard of him because David was a warrior. Okay, David was a warrior. He killed Goliath. Okay, David and Goliath, that, yeah, that's our, that's our guy. He killed Goliath. He used to slay thousands upon thousands upon thousands of enemies for Israel, for King Saul, right? So people know him. He's a pretty notable guy. He's famous. He's young. He's called. He's famous. He's gifted. So there's a lot of things that are attracting people to him at this point. He runs to Gath. He runs into these people. They're looking at him like, this can't be our guy. No way this is David 
powerful David? Aren't you the one that we wrote songs about? Aren't you the one that we used to praise? Like, this is embarrassing. They got you looking crazy right now. Like, you know, and they run to the king. They tell the king, David's here. And they're thinking, okay, is David trying to tussle? Is he here to tussle? Because they know he's a fighter. So what's he here to do? And, of course, he's down bad. He doesn't have anything with him. He doesn't have any armor. He doesn't have anything. He ran with the clothes on his back. He hasn't eaten. He's rough. It's rough. And he becomes so fearful of the possibility that they may try to capture him or fight him that he is forced to act like a madman. First Samuel 12, 21, 12 to 13. It says, David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Akish, king of Goth. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, marking, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a man struggling to me. Something about this to me, like reflected in my own life. And I'm like, okay, like where have I been in a situation where I was really, really vulnerable, where things weren't going easy for me, where it felt like everything I did was a struggle, where I'm consistently trying to seek God, but every single time I do, I fall, where it just, nothing seems to be going easy breezy, beautiful cover girl for me. And I thought of this and how vulnerable David must have felt in this time, in this place in his life, where he once was this great warrior and now he's a man who they're essentially making fun of. You were once this great warrior, now you're a madman letting saliva run down your run down your beard. And I think that this points to kind of how God would look at it. God isn't embarrassed about David and where he's at right now. God is actually pleased with his ability to to persevere regardless of where he's at right now. He's he could easily be like, "You know what? I'm 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 angry, God. I'm worried. I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know what you have in store. I don't really know anything about what's what's going to happen within my life within the next, you know, few whatever years, months." The Bible says that David ran was in the wilderness running for approximately 15 years a little over a decade, don't quote me. Don't quote me. I'm not a theologian. I'm just reading this thing and telling you about it, okay? But the point is that David David was in a dark place. He was really, really having a hard time, you know what I mean? But he refused to worry. He refused to lose trust in God. He refused to give up. He didn't stop and stand and stare at his difficulty ahead of him. He actually persevered through it. He made great efforts. Do you know how hard it must have been for him to pretend to be a madman? Like genuinely how humbling that moment must have been for him. Like a lot of us are in humbling moments right now. I'm in a humbling moment right now. I know you're in a humbling moment right now. Like maybe you relate to what I'm saying, but the point is that God doesn't look at us continuing down this road regardless of how hard it is, of how messy it is. We're not doing it perfect. He's not concerned about us doing it perfect. He's looking at at us struggling to his glory. He sees it as something that is beautiful. The world sees struggling as embarrassing and shameful and, and worthless. But God sees it as beautiful. He sees it as perseverance. He sees it as something to be glad in and to take pride in. That look at my child. Like The road before them is rocky. It's, it's painful. It's difficult. 
They're in a relationship right now that they really wish that they weren't in. They don't know how to get out of it. They're in a place right now where their mental health is falling apart. They don't know what to do. They're in a place right now where they're struggling with their sexuality. They're in a place right now where they are, their finances are just a mess. They don't know if they're going to school. They don't know if they're going to work. They don't know if they're going to get married. They don't know if they're going to have kids. Like all of these unknowns are before them, but they're still seeking my face. They're still trusting that I have a plan for them. They're still trusting that I will show up for them. That is the struggle. Sometimes struggling isn't, you know, moving and doing all the things. Sometimes struggling is literally just waiting on God and trusting that, you know what, I'm going to make an effort to trust in God right now, regardless of how difficult this is. I'm not going to give into my flesh. My flesh wants me to worry. My flesh wants me to worry and to panic and to turn to my own self. And, you know, sometimes you're backed into a corner and the only thing you have is, is yourself and God. And it's so much easier to look at yourself and see what can I do with my, with my two hands. When God has said, no, actually wait, wait on me. Sometimes struggling isn't doing all the things. Sometimes struggling is literally just being patient and waiting on the Lord, trusting in his word. To struggle is to trust. Struggle builds strength. You're learning things about yourself. You're learning things about your walk with God that no one can ever take away from you in this time right now. So if you're struggling, you're struggling right now, trust in the Lord that he has a plan for you on the other side of that struggle. God had a plan for David on this on the other side of this struggle. He doesn't stay in the wilderness forever forever. Actually, what happens is God leads him out. He comes back to Israel and becomes the king and reigns for many, 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 many years. We know the story of the great King David. But in this time right now, before any of that success, he went through a struggle. He went through this struggle. He persevered through this difficulty. He was faced with obstacles and oppression and and all of these oppositions. But he trusted in God to lead him to the other side. God has a plan for us. He knows what he's doing. And I think that what makes it so difficult to struggle versus worrying is worrying is kind of easy, right? Like you kind of fold. You can kind of fold into worry. It gives you something to do. It keeps you distracted. It makes you feel like you're actually um, progressing, but you're really staying in the same place. To worry means to stand still and to be anxious and to panic to struggle means to trust God. That's why the Bible shows people consistently struggling. No one in the Bible had this life easy. God doesn't promise us that this life is going to be easy, but he promises us that we can trust him. He's trustworthy. He's faithful to us. He loves us. He's holy. So like him being holy means that he cannot sin. He cannot it's against his nature. He can't sin against us. If he tells us something, he has to fulfill it because he cannot sin. He can't lie. To lie, for God to lie would be to go against his very nature and God, it, God cannot do that. It's literally impossible. That's why he's holy. He's completely set apart. He's completely unique. His ways are not our ways. Neither are his thoughts our thoughts. That's why we can trust that, okay, you know what? I don't know what's going on right now. I have no idea what's ahead of me. You've told me to do something, God, and I, I want to obey and I'm, I'm going to keep doing it even though I'm going to stumble, I'm going to fall, I'm going to mess up, I'm going to get up again, I'm going to fall again. He doesn't look at that as something to be ashamed of. If you're in your walk right now with Christ and it looks messy, some days you got it, some days you're good, some days you're feeling it, other days you feel like you've been punched, other days you feel like you've gone in the ring gone a couple rounds with someone way stronger than you 
God is right there in the midst of that with you. God was with David in every line, in every paragraph of this chapter, of this book, of his life. God knew where he had him to go. God knew that David was going to become a king. David had no idea. He thinks, I'm homeless right now. I'm pretending to be insane. I used to be this warrior. This is so embarrassing. This is so humbling. I can't believe that this is my life right now. I went from being besties with the king's son, Jonathan, my crow, to now I'm running around homeless. I got dirt on my, I'm running, saliva running down my beard. Like, He's down bad, but God knows where he has him. God knows where he's taking him. And I think that we can look at David's life as like an example of, okay, even the greats struggle. Even the greats struggle. To struggle is not a shame. It's not a shame. Don't be ashamed of your struggle. But rather in the midst of your struggle, trust that God has more for you. Trust that He's there's a purpose behind your struggle. There's a purpose for your struggle. You're learning things. You're growing. You're building your faith in God. Things are changing. What you learn in the midst of your struggle and the season of your struggle can never be taken from you. It'll benefit you for the rest of your life. That struggle may lead you to God. My struggle? I'm so grateful for it today. I'm so grateful that I experienced all the insane things I experienced because it brought me right back to the feet of God. Sometimes you're in a tough spot right now where you feel like, oh, this is not, this is uphill. You're gaining endurance. You're being brought back to the foot of God. You're being brought back to the cross. You're being brought back to where God has intended for you to go. Don't, don't be frustrated in this time. Don't look at all of the things around you. Don't look at the circumstances. Don't look at, at any of that. You can have peace in the midst of your struggle because your peace does not depend on your circumstances. Your peace depends on Christ, for he is the Prince of Peace. If you know that everything in your life, everything in the lives of those around you, those you love, is in the hands of God, regardless of what's going on, no matter how difficult, I'm not saying that it's not difficult. You may be going through grief. You may be grieving the loss of a loved one. You may be grieving the loss of a relationship, of of people that relationships that you had friendships you may be going through real pain god sees it god sees it he's not saying oh run anyway he's saying trust me sometimes the struggle is sitting on your hands and waiting for god to show up waiting for him to make himself known to you don't let the enemy lie to you and convince you that because that because you struggle that you should give it all up that it means that oh you're not meant to be a christian You're not meant to follow God. You're not meant to be a Christ follower. You're not made for this life. It's a lie. We were literally created to know and love God. That's why we have that desire in us for more meaning, for more purpose, because it's found in him. And one thing that I found really interesting within this chapter was that God had called David to be a leader. Regardless of whether or not he was in the wilderness or if he was in a castle, he still led people. And I'll read you guys that verse right now. It says, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down with him there. And all those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him. And he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. David's struggle took him to the wilderness, took him to the desert, took him to the, to the, to the depths of the place where no one, all of the people who were kind of shunned by society became 
his people. He became their leader because God created David to be a leader. So whether or not he's in a castle or in the wilderness, he's going to be who God called him to be because God is the only one with the authority to name things. He's the only one with the authority to call you loved. He's the only one with the authority to say that you're worth it. He's the only one with, with authority to say, you may be struggling right now. You may not be where you want to be, but I have called you something different. I have told you that I have a plan and a future and a hope for you. So trust in me. Trust in that. Don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at what's happening right now. Just trust in me. Wait on me. I will show up for you. He shows us time and time and time again that that's exactly who he is. God is not ashamed of your struggle. He's not. God is not ashamed of where you're at right now. In in the face of all the things that you're you're dealing with, he's proud of you for continuing. He's proud of you for still seeking his face. So I encourage you keep seeking the Lord. Keep struggling. Keep struggling. Keep making strenuous efforts in the face of opposition. Keep moving on, continuing, trusting in God. Keep trusting in God. No matter how messy, disorganized, dirty you may feel like your faith is, God doesn't see it that way. He's proud of you. He loves you. He's cheering you on. This is a race. This thing we call life is a race. And God is on the sidelines cheering us on. He's the one passing us water, those little cups of water that people get. He's the one passing those cups of water, handing you the tangerine. The enemy's the one throwing rocks at you, throwing tomatoes at you, trying to slow you down. Don't believe his lies. God wants you exactly where you're at, and he wants you to continue to seek his face. Surrender your life to him, and he will tell you where to go. He will tell you which way to go. He will lead you, even through the wilderness. Though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that he will be with you. He will give you rest. I really want you guys to just understand that like, if you're struggling and you're like disappointed in your walk, you think you could be doing better, you think, oh, I need to be doing this, I need to be doing that. Just trust him. Just trust him. If God tells you to do something and it's difficult to do it, ask God for strength and keep trying. Keep trying. Keep getting up and going. A lot of the times in my very own life, I'll be so discouraged about my life, just discouraged about where I'm at, thinking that it could have been different, it should have been different, that I should be doing other things, that I should be, you know, a lawyer, that I should be living in my own house, that I should be, you know, married with children by now. And it's like, God's like, just chill. Like, actually, just chill. Like, you're actually doing too much. Just trust me. Sometimes struggling is literally just trusting, letting go of whatever it is that you feel like you need to be doing in that moment or how you feel it should be and just trusting him. Trust him through the grief. Trust him through the mental illness. Okay? Trust him through it. When God was healing me of my, of my mind and, and literally the insanity that I was experiencing, it took time. It wasn't a day and I stopped hallucinating. It wasn't like a day and then the hallucinations were gone. It took months. It took months before I started like realizing, okay, I'm actually good. Like I don't, I'm not experiencing the hallucinations like I did before. You know what I mean? Like it took a really long time. But in those periods, and it's not to my own, it's not to toot my own horn here. No, never that. I couldn't do anything without this God. I would be literally dead without this God. None of this is of my own doing. Nothing. Every breath I take is because of his goodness. 
every breath I take is because of his mercy and his love and his grace, his grace that empowers us to do what we can't do. That's what grace is. And he gives it to us freely. The Lord says where sin is, grace abounds much more. Grace is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit to do what is impossible to do. It's impossible to muster up enough faith to follow God. It's impossible to put sin down without the grace of God. It's impossible to turn away from sin, to turn away from the habits, to turn away from from things that give you comfort in this world, but push you further from God. It takes grace to do every single one of those things. You can't do any of this on your own, which is why we aren't called to. When you accept Jesus into your life, when you accept him as your savior, he gives you the Holy Spirit. He gives you the spirit to live with you and dwell with you and to teach you and to show you which way to go. He handles it all. Like when that song, Jesus, take the wind. Honestly, it's good the camera cut out because that was bad. That was really bad. That song by Carrie, what's her name? Carrie Underwood. Where it's talking about Jesus, take the wheel. Let him take that wheel. Corny or not, I don't care. But you get the point. Let Jesus take the wheel of your life. When it's bumpy and da 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 he's got it. I'm not driving. He's driving. I don't know what's going on. He knows what's going on. Sometimes I even tell him, like, listen, you got to deal with this because I'm not. I'm not dealing with this right now. And he'll be like, okay, cool. You trust me. So I encourage you guys, wherever it is that you're in, your walk with Christ right now, if you're just starting it, if you're just on the cusp right now, you just, you don't even know who Jesus is, but you want to get to know him. Just ask him to come into your life. Prayer is a conversation. I said it and I'm going to say it again. It's literally a conversation. I don't know who you are, Jesus, but sometimes I'll be looking at these people who know you and they seem okay. So if you could do what you did for them, for me, that'd be great. He honors that. He honors your prayers because he loves you. It's really that simple. Sometimes it's so simple. The Holy Spirit will tell me something and it's so simple. Like he looks at me like, why are you stressing? Like, why are you upset? Why are you just trust me? And although it may not be easy, God also gives us the grace to trust him. He gives us the grace to do everything. So I hope that you guys are encouraged by this. Please dip into the bible there's so many gems in there it's the it's the living word of god so that's a really good place to start if you haven't accepted jesus into your life please do just a simple prayer it's a simple conversation just ask him to become lord of your life and my camera is dying so i'm gonna speed this up real quick now thank you so much for listening to this episode of heavenly thoughts i'm chelsea um Tune in next week and we'll be talking about something else. I hope you guys have a blessed day.